It's Becca. And this is Ryan. And welcome to Creepology. Hey, Becca. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's going. Um, I don't know how I'm awake right now, but we're here. As, Life of a student. Yeah. As, never sleeps. <laughs> as Ryan as Ryan found out last night, I was up pretty late. Uh, it's I have all of my like internship applications due in the coming weeks, so send all of the all the good mojo you have. But um, I'm very excited to be doing this. This is a case that I'm super pumped about. Um, I can't wait to hear Ryan like Ryan talk about it. But first I don't I don't know anything you need to tell the people. I don't think so. Like, Just get right into the question of the day. Might as well. Less banter this time. <laughs> All right. So this came to me. Um, so I had to watch Pan's Labyrinth for a class. And truthfully, like, I'd never seen it before, which I know, like, Becca, like, how are you a horror fan? And you haven't seen it. And I know. So it was, it was like one of those movies, that, like, everyone told me to watch. And so I didn't want to watch it. But now, like, I haven't seen it yet either, so don't feel too yeah. bad. Um, but so I had, so then I had to watch it for a class. I'm taking a play therapy class. It's awesome. Basically, we had to like analyze the movie and look at its elements of how like like ego defenses and psychological defenses. Like it's a whole thing. I can talk about it more if you really want me to. Um, but I was sitting and I was thinking about it, and we were kind of going over like archetypes and everything, which is like within like the Jungian theory, and. I was thinking about like tropes in horror and like common themes like within horror. And I was thinking to myself and then Ryan and I decided to do it for the question of the day. What is your favorite horror trope? And I know it's hard to pick one, so we will allow multiple. Um, So I have like a serious one and a funny one. My serious one is like found footage. And that like, extends like past just horror like i don't know if you've seen the movie chronicle but it's like a superhero take of found footage it's like these teenagers record themselves like manifesting powers Um, oh that's i love that it's one of my all-time favorite what's it called chronicle i'm texting it in our thread so i have it (laughs) and then (laughs) and actually like one of them ends up like becoming a villain and like you get to see him like progressed to being a villain it's one of my favorite movies of all time um i'm literally gonna watch that later this i was gonna say this feels very like shazammy you know it's not it's not it's very like i would say realistic in the fact that like they kind of are dicking around at first and then they like truly start to realize their potential and like they all go very different directions with it oh oh my god oh my god that's awesome i'm googling it. it's it's a it's a very good movie or even like Cloverfield is a scary movie, but I would say that's more just like sci-fi. But it's like alien found footage, and then of course you have like Blair Witch and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. obviously horror, but like that sells it for me. Like it puts me in the fantasy of like a horror movie because it's like, oh my god, this is real. Like this is actually like recordings people took. <gasps> Michael B. Jordan is in it. Oh yeah, he's one of the main characters. In the oh, beginning. I'm watching this like tonight. I think you'll really like it. If you like found footage stuff, I I think you'll really like it. 
Oh, I'm excited. Yes. I like putting people on to new movies. But anyway. Okay. Uh, so that that's like my serious one. My funny one is anytime you have like some type of normal animal or bug or anything and it like you know the experiment goes wrong and they end up breaking out and they're like super big like i know the sci-fi channel did like i think it was like a whole slew of movies about like these giant spiders but they look like puppets like it's so (laughs) cheesy and like they'll shoot web out and you'll see them like pulling it in like and it just looks so funny because it's like you can tell someone is in this thing like moving the rope it's I just think, it, like, with those, it's very... It's always cheesy. Even, like, there was that that movie with The Rock in it. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Rampage or something? But it's, oh, like... Oh, yeah. A crocodile gets super big, a wolf gets super big, and a gorilla gets super big, and they just, like, fight and destroy a city. So, I, I like those just because typically they're very cheesy, even if they're, like, well animated. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, like, ridiculous. What are yours? So I have a tie for my like serious one. Um, Okay. So the first one that comes to mind um, is religious horror. So like anything having to do with like specifically the Catholic church, demons, priests, angels. um, and, And even within that, like Greek mythology or just mythology in general kind of falls under that too. Um, I mean, I was, I've talked about it before. I was raised Catholic. I find the Catholic church to be really interesting. Um, I also find it to be fucking terrifying. Like some of the stuff that we learned about, like we were straight up learning about a man being nailed to a cross for as long as I can remember. Like if that was just in like, okay, like, like remove religion from that. If people just on a regular basis went around talking about some guy that died on a cross that would not be acceptable everyday language, all right? Right. Like let, very, let's very brutal. Talking about drinking somebody's blood and eating their flesh. Let's talk about how scary that is to talk to Born a child. Born of crowns, stabbed with a spear, right. all that stuff. Right. And not to mention hearing about all of the saints that died in brutal ways for this like you know thing that watches you all the time, also scary. Yeah. Also scary. Same thing with Santa Claus. Also scary. <laughs> um, and then, like, talking about, you know, because Catholics love to, to share the, you know, the white side of history. And they talk about Catholics and religious people being, like, victimized, like, or specifically, like, Christians being victimized. And I'm not taking away from the suffering that did happen to Catholics and Christians, like, throughout our history. However... They're still blatantly ignoring the amount of other genocides that happen all the time and, like, are just going to, like, leave it out of question. Also, let's get one thing fucking straight. Jesus was not white. Okay? I don't think anyone in the Bible was white. Nobody in the Bible was white. Nobody. That's that's the whole reason why Mormons had to make a third part. Because they didn't like that none of the main characters were white. Okay? Okay. Mormons, like, explanation for the different races, horrifically racist. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't get to ask, like, all those kinds of questions when, when we were together. Um. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, that that is something that's also very fast. So anything having to do with religion, because let's face it, it's terrifying. Demons are terrifying. Possessions are terrifying. Um, Old Testament God. Old Old Testament God terrifying. Even like like New Testament stuff. Also scary. Um, Like another one that's up there is like supernatural horror. So like vampires, ghosts. Or no, no, not so much ghosts. Like those are kind of more hauntings. I'm talking like actual like supernatural creatures, like vampires, werewolves, zombies. But zombies can again the tropes like are ridiculous. I love anything having to do with like like creatures in the night. Like I love that. Yeah. Um, and then my my like favorite like silly one are like okay, go with me on this. Think about either it's either like that really dumb hot girl or the really dumb hot dude that's like, you know what would be fun? Let's read this giant old book in a language that we don't know because it would be funny and it would be good content. And then we summon a demon and then we all die. So does like Jennifer's body fall into that category? I would say Jennifer's body falls into that category. Um, I would say any any of those like truth or dare type movies where like they kind of like either stumble upon it or like, you know, like something like that. The Ouija movie, Ouija, where they like summon the ghost and like it won't leave them alone. Um, mm-hmm. Or I also love like the the dumb hot couple that's like, let's go have sex in this really haunted place and nothing bad is going to happen to us. I also think that that's very funny. Because then they're like, why is this happening? Why would this ever (laughs) happen to me? And it's like, because you ignored all of the signs that literally say no (laughs) trespassing. And then you blatantly ignore the news blast that's like, psycho, get breaks out of prison. Get out of certain areas. Oh, look, we're going to go right to where the psycho killer probably is. Have you seen the Happy Death Day movies? I have only seen the first one and I loved it. Those are also, I don't know if that fits in your trope. I think it kind of does because it's like the hot girl like stuck in a time loop. But like, those are some of my favorite movies as well. Very good. Oh, like the, like the Groundhog Day type movies? I, or. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be done right though. Like, I think Happy Death Day is very well done. Like it is, it's just like a campy kind of horror movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really like that one. We have all of these fruit flies in my apartment. I don't know where they came from. So if I like flinch, it's because one hit me in the face. <laughs> um. Oh shit. I was also um, like, I don't know where I don't like, or I know what you did last summer. That movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is so stupid, but it's amazing. So sorry. um yeah so let us know your favorite horror tropes please please excuse the creature that lives in my house with me (laughs) that was was ridiculous sir i haven't heard him be that talkative before it's because he knows i'm talking to you he misses me he's also he's also really mad at me because i went on like a cleaning frenzy today and he gets really mad when i clean because it makes a lot of noise um Ah. So y'all just heard my cat cuss me out. So sorry for his language. Um, We're hiring a professional cleaning service before the Halloween party. I'm like very excited. I feel, I feel rich. 
Uh, because you are rich, Ryan. I'm all right. I wouldn't say I'm rich. I don't drive a Tesla. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What are we talking about today? All right. So today we're going to talk about Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, also known as the Devil Made Me Do It Killer. And I'm going to give up a lot at the beginning here just because I feel like this story, it's crazy just in the sense that it's been kind of blown up by media, even like modern day media, and then even at the time it happened. Um, But really, like, nothing happened. Like, (laughs) it's a pretty run-of-the-mill murder when you actually dig into the case. And what makes it crazy is despite all like the sensation that followed it there's very little detail out there on arnie's background or any of the characters we're going to be talking about for that matter so like we don't sorry we don't know much about like his home life his family um everything we know about this case comes basically from the case itself um or the very few interviews he's done after prison um So yeah, this is going to be the first court case where the defense tried to argue that the killer was innocent by demonic possession. Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited. (laughs) I've been so excited about this. (laughs) All right. But I think before we dig into it, we are going to take a quick break. Yep. Welcome back, riders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before the break, we were talking about our horror tropes, but more importantly, giving a little preview of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so I did give up the goat a little bit at the beginning, just I already gave up the killer. Um, but I felt it was pertinent to mention just because I know usually when we go through these cases, we try to give a lot more background and context to like how these people are living and like where they're coming from. Um, but because all of that information is essentially lacking, (laughs) we're just going to get right into like all, how all of this started. Um, so Arnie Johnson and his then fiance, Debbie Glatzel had just purchased a rental property in Brookfield, Connecticut, which like very small town Mm -hmm. from the sounds of it. And this took place either the summer or fall of 1980. Um, They were very young at the time, not even in their 20s yet. So, like, engaged, not even in their 20s. Ew. I don't know if that's a small town thing. I know it's a small town thing. It is a small town thing. (laughs) That is crazy for me. Sorry, friends. Love Um, you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. I was also from a small town. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I couldn't even find birthdays on these people, but I know Arnie was about 19 at this time because the crime took place a year later when he was 20. Oh, but you know who we know a lot about? The fucking Warrens. Continue. Oh, I get into them a lot because, like... They suck. We'll get into it. Okay. Um, So they just bought this rental property, and in order to get it up and ready for, like, renting or... Even if they were going to move in themselves, they went in one day to clean it, and they were accompanied by Debbie's younger brother, David, who's going to be very important to this story. 
Um, he was only 11 at the time. So, very young kid. Uh, partway through the chores, David began making claims that he was seeing an old man throughout the house. Ew. Uh, the old man was pushing him, harassing him. Uh, he even mentioned that the old man was saying that he would harm the Glatzels if they continued to move onto the renting property. Um, Arnie and Debbie didn't see anything, though, so they kind of just brushed it off as David was trying to get out of his chores, Mm -hmm. which he's 11, understandable, can totally see my brother doing that. Um, The harassment continued after the chores, though, so... Even after they were done and had left the property, the harassment from this old man figure continued. Uh, Even after they left the property, and not only did it continue, but it started to escalate. So David, again, who's only 11, began getting these like horrific night terrors, and he would see the old man, or sometimes he would see like this demonic beast that would speak in tongues and threaten to take his soul. So, at 11, traumatizing. Uh, yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. Oh my god, no. And they, like, continued to get worse, so it wasn't like this was a one-time thing. Like, he consistently had these visions, like, over and over again. Um, these nightmares progressed to even start starting to happen during the day. So, it, it didn't have too much details on this, but I took this as, like, he was starting to have, like, visions while conscious, not just night terrors. Um, but no one else could ever see them. The family, though, did begin to start to hear strange noises coming from the attic. And they started finding unexplained scratches and bruises on David's body. So now it was like physically manifesting on this 11-year-old boy. So this prompted the family to have the house blessed by a local priest, which... So they called the priest out. He blessed the house. This only seemed to exasperate the problem, though. So due to David's worsening condition, which included, like, increasingly more physical manifestations, like his mom and sister have talked about how he would complain about feeling strangled, and then later in the day he would get, like, bruising and red marks around his neck. Mm. Um so like physical physical manifestations started getting worse Um, so this prompted the family to call in the self-proclaimed demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren to try and help of course which I just want everyone to keep in the back of their minds like if there were truly physical manifestations on this young child and it wasn't a haunting which or a possession or a demon or whatever which we'll get into it but i really don't think it is uh, like i part of me thinking this kid is being abused and they're like chalking it up to something supernatural like it's it's kind of scary to think about but i mean the warrens did not help anything nope um so sort of a bit of a side um it was determined later that David suffered from severe mental health conditions. So after the Warrens and all of this happened, psychiatrists were brought in and determined that David was suffering from, like, real mental health issues. Which, 
I feel like that discredits like demons and all that pretty significantly, but yeah, might just be my opinion. It's probably just your uh, opinion. <laughs> um, there's also a lot of local people, so people in the town that were sort of around when this was happening. They claimed that the Warrens would go on to build this case up as paranormal to trying to boost their credibility and like garner a lot of attention for themselves all of the sightings by both the warrens and the glatzels are still to this day just alleged so there's no really proof of anything that anyone's saying in this circumstance so a little bit of an aside there just to kind of set the scene for the warrens um back to the story though um because that's what we're here for Mm -hmm. Upon meeting David, Lorraine Warren said that she could see a dark presence looming over him. And I think she described it as like a dark mist that was like next to him. Um, And that to her indicated that it was a demonic entity or at least like some sort of malicious spirit. So he definitely was in her mind being possessed or targeted by something supernatural. As the Warrens continued their assessment, David's behavior worsened. Uh, So he started doing things like making guttural noises. He would hiss. He would growl. Mm. He would speak in different tongues and voices, which as an 11-year-old, I don't really know how you fake that. But again, all of this is just hearsay. Um, And he would quote things from both the Bible and Paradise Lost, which for those of you at home that don't know what Paradise Lost is, it's an epic poem which that's just a super long poem written by John Milton easily considered his most prolific piece and highlights are it basically tells the story of the fall of man so how Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden of Eden by Satan and then subsequently kicked out which the interesting thing about that which I've never read Paradise Lost but it sounded from what I read about it is it kind of comes from like Satan's perspective as he's like going up to mess things up in the garden so i mean definitely definitely on theme for a demon to be quoting that but Mm -hmm. just thought that was interesting little tidbit that is very interesting (laughs) i'm trying okay i i swear i'm i it it is very interesting that did not sound very exciting but i am very excited (laughs) about it you're fine you're fine i'm trying Um, to be mindful active listener i'm trying to act i'm empathetic listening anyway as ed and lorraine concluded their sort of assessment um they decided that david was the host of multiple demons and with the assistance of local priests so they were being observed by like actual quote-unquote professionals when they were doing all this um they started conducting a series of lesser exorcisms which I don't know what a lesser exorcism is. I I tried to, like, figure it out, but there's kind of just exorcisms, so maybe they only read half of it, used diluted holy water. I don't know. Well, listen, exorcisms are no joke. Like, they're they're no joke. They're, yeah, they're serious. Um, So they start this series of exorcisms, and they're, like, so harmful and like traumatizing to david that they have to like take shifts watching him at night because he like will wake up and experience like really bad convulsions 
Um, so the family member has to be there basically just to hold him and make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Yeah. And these persisted all throughout the exorcism. So pretty rough for young David here. Um, Lorraine Warren claims that David levitated and would occasionally stop breathing during these exorcisms. Um, and more importantly, though, she made the claim that David made comments about the death of Alan Bono, which we'll later find out is the man that Arnie ends up killing. So he's predicting Arnie is going to kill this guy, which starts the whole devil made me do it fiasco. Okay. Fiasco. Yeah. Um, there's no specific mention on whether or not these exorcisms worked. Uh, my assumption is that they didn't because they had to call in actual, you know, like mental health professionals afterwards to help. Uh, so not really surprising. Ed and Lorraine Warren failed to deliver, but <laughs> shocking. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, we, we, there's not there's not much more on David, but that's how the whole demon supernatural thing the elements got introduced to this case. Um, so this whole time we've been talking about David, who, again, he's just an 11 or 12-year-old boy at this point. Definitely not the killer. So how does Arnie actually become involved in all of this, all of these happenings? So as it turns out, Arnie, who is David's would-be brother-in-law, was an active participant in all of these exorcisms. So... I don't know if they're just letting everyone hop in on these things or how that works. Because I feel like if you don't know what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be in the same room as mm -hmm. someone who is expelling demons. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> but there was one particularly bad exorcism in October of 1980 where, you know, seeing his brother-in-law get tormented throughout the process. Um, Arnie decided he was going to taunt the demons and even ended up offering himself in David's place, which you're never supposed to do. No, never. Because that's an invitation for the demons to then take over your body. Use you as a skin suit. Yep. Um, and it's said that from this day forward, Arnie began to change. Ooh. Ooh. Mysterious. So mysterious. Uh, so just a few days after this exorcism, Arnie has a particularly violent encounter with a demon. It apparently took control of his car and forced him to crash into a tree, which, of course, he was able to walk away with no injuries, and there's no actual evidence of this happening. Oh, of course. But Arnie says that this happened. Um, and also a little bit of time later, despite warnings from the warrens so the warrens knew he was experiencing demons um and warned him not to listen to them obviously like bare minimum they could do that um but the demon was telling arnie to return to the rental property and of course he did and again this is where david first encountered the demons and how all of this started um so arnie goes to the rental property and he's led to a well where once he opens it and gazes inside, he sees the demon that's been tormenting him for the first time. 
This is also, Arnie says, the last time he remembers being in control of all of his facilities and being fully conscious for several months. So he goes to the property, sees this demon, and basically checks out for the rest of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this is happening sort of in conjunction with David's exorcism. So I think of it as like maybe the priests expelled one of them and it just sort of left David and attached itself to Arnie. It's possible, yeah. Especially if there's uh, like multiple. Yeah, which the Warrens did say he was the host to multiple demons, but we'll never know. Yes. Um, but so while all this is going on, Arnie and Debbie are actually still living in the same house as all of this. So with David's conditioning getting worse, or excuse me, with David's condition getting worse, they decide it's time for them to move out. So I guess exorcisms kind of weigh on you after a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Debbie got a new job from a new resident in Brookfield, Alan Bono, who gets killed as i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. um but he ran a local kennel and debbie became a dog groomer and arnie rented an apartment close to where debbie's new job was and alan also happened to be the owner of that rental property so was arnie's landlord um after moving in together is when debbie began to notice the most like dramatic changes in arnie's behavior uh, she noticed that he was starting to act very similar to David. And like the most notable activity was that Arnie would enter like a trance-like state. And whenever she would try to like approach him or shake him out of it, he would growl at her, which Ooh. freaky. <laughs> yeah. And then when he did eventually come out of it, he would have no memory of it ever happening. And, Like, what's crazy is, this went on for months. (laughs) Like, Debbie saw this, knew he was exhibiting signs like David, so similar to Possession. And, like, it kind of seems like she just didn't do anything about it. (laughs) Okay. Um, So just to, like, lay out the timeline, Arnie allegedly picked up the demon in October of 1980. Um... And so, like, it's an STD. <laughs> he contracted a demon. Uh, that's like that movie It Follows that everybody thinks is so scary. I'm sorry, I didn't think it was very scary. But I have not seen it, but everyone has told me it's such a great movie. It sounds so dumb and boring to me. Um, I thought it was dumb and boring. Thank you. I okay, I'm validated and will not watch it now. <laughs> Listen. Um, I thought it was dumb and boring. Listen, if that's your thing, amazing. It was a bunch of people walking and there was one jump scare. All right. Yeah. So demons are STDs. Confirmed. Demons are STDs. (laughs) Moving on. So to sum up the timeline again. So I mentioned this already. I don't know where I'm going to cut. But like Arnie contracted the demon in October of 1980 was dealing with all of these symptoms. It, it is really is sounding like a disease now, but like, <laughs> so it was dealing with all this stuff until February of 1981, where like the big incident happened. And we'll dig into that. So that's like, that's like four or five months total. Like that's almost half a year of just living with someone who's possessed and not really doing anything about it. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. Um, 
But we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about the actual murder when we get back. back with our random special guest boo he's been quiet now though so that's good he's i know he well he's scratching so it's gonna get loud but please continue so i I, we'll break here for what are your thoughts thus far um thus far (sighs) something sus something's going on um not convinced of a demon just yet yeah that's that's where i was at at this point of the research i'm like i feel like not enough was done to rule out like a normal condition yeah or like a just like a normal mental breakdown right like um it does get worse so oh yeah (laughs) um so we're sitting at february 16th 1981 right now uh arnie called in sick to his tree keeping job which apparently this was a frequent occurrence uh, even before the quote-unquote possession. Um, so nothing to suspect so far. A um, little bit of a sidebar, all of these articles kept calling him a tree surgeon. And I was like, that's not a real thing. Let me Google it. And basically, I guess anyone who's like good with trees and like keeps trees can call themselves a tree surgeon. Keeps trees. Like... Like pruning them? Prune. Or just like growing them? It's like you can either, it's like anything having to do with trees. So pruning them, growing them. Also, like these are the people that go up and like are good at cutting off branches and stuff like that to help the tree. Um, pruning. Is, is that pruning for a tree? Pruning to yeah, me is just like Yeah, that's what pruning snipping. is. No, you're cutting off the, the parts of the plant that like are keeping it from grow I, I don't fucking know but i know it has like it has something to do with like making sure that whatever is growing off of it is fine and not bad all right well that's that's what he did he was a, a prunerer um so he called he he called in sick to work and then he met up with debbie who again is his fiance and his sister and then debbie's much younger cousin uh who i think she's nine years old her name is mary um at the kennel where Debbie worked. Bono, who again is Debbie's employer uh, and again Arnie's landlord, insisted that he take the group out for lunch. So harmless so far. I don't think he was like malicious about it. He was just like, hey, let me treat you guys to lunch. So they all went to a local bar where Bono paid for their food and he proceeded to drink heavily. So by the time they were done, he was like fucked up. Um, and then after this, the articles kind of get confusing because they all say the same thing, but to me it doesn't make sense because they all leave the bar and go back to the kennel, but Debbie then takes the two girls out for pizza, but they just got back from lunch. So, like, I don't really understand why that happened. Um, and then she was also very insistent that they hurry because she could, quote-unquote, sense trouble. So, like, again, didn't they just eat? Is she trying to, like, remove the younger girls from, like, a hostile situation? And if she was doing that, why not just be, like, clear about it? Like, I don't know. It really didn't make sense to me why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, all those questions, because when the girls return, 
Bono, again, who's super drunk, begins to get agitated and hostile towards everyone. Which, this is the first mention of him being hostile. So I don't know if, again, like she was trying to take him out of the situation for their own safety or what. Um, But Debbie convinces Arnie and his sister to leave and take Mary with them, who is the younger cousin. Um, But as they're leaving, Bono grabs Mary and refuses to let go. So this drunk, hostile man is currently, like, holding a nine-year-old and not letting her go, which is very weird. Uh, yeah. Um, so Arnie and his sister, I guess, walked out, didn't really <laughs> pay attention to that. But once Arnie realizes that Mary isn't with them, he heads back towards the bu- building and frees Mary from Bono, who... Mary then takes off running towards the car and Arnie is now the subject of Bono's aggression. So Debbie was trying to get in between them and separate the men, but Arnie ends up pulling out a five-inch pocket knife and while quote-unquote growling like an animal, stabs Bono repeatedly. Which I think he stabbed him a lot of times, but the coroner's report says that there were five major stab wounds that attributed to That's interesting. The movie does not portray it that way. I bet it doesn't, and we'll get into that. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, so five major stab wounds, others that were more superficial. Uh, Bono ends up dying several hours later, and he actually becomes the first ever murder victim in Brookfield's almost 200-year history. So lucky him. Uh, and Arnie was found two miles away from the scene and was arrested and had his bail set at $125,000. So I learned a new little tidbit uh, that really made me hate the Warrens here. And it kind of even got me my conspiracy brain going. And like, did they maybe work to set these invention- events did they maybe work to set these events in motion or like encourage this kind of behavior to happen? Because just one day after the murder, Lorraine Warren goes to the police and the press for that matter, claiming that Arnie is innocent because he was possessed by a demon at the time of the murder. Mm-hmm. So the media went crazy with this. Uh, of course they did. And like literally right as the Warren's, are leaking this to the press their agent comes out and is like oh we already have a book deal a tv show and a movie deal all lined up to tell the story of how this person who's possessed by a demon killed this guy oh my god and this is like maybe a day or two after the actual murder so like is the body even cold yet like how how'd you know this no rigor rigor mortis hasn't even been like in place yet like like it's so crazy to me like how do you have all of this stuff lined up already if you didn't know what was gonna happen right so that's why i was kind of thinking like did they try to make this happen so they could like try to be relevant for two seconds like get some clout yeah it's just very strange um so it I don't know that much about the Warrens other than, like, I know we talked about the Annabelle case last week and now we're doing this one, but it's making me not like them because what the fuck? Yeah, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm 
you know, something that you all will learn about me is I'm a dramatic person. So I tend to um, go like one extreme or another with certain things. However, like I'm kind of like Ryan, like the more and more that I've like read about the Warrens and tried to understand like some of their history, they wanted to exploit people. Like I, you know, I don't doubt that Lorraine was a clairvoyant. I don't doubt that they were not dedicated to their craft, whatever, but like they exploited a lot of people and it's not okay. Um, great movies have come out because of the shit. So awesome. But I mean, like this is really fucked up. Like somebody is dead and the Warrens are like, we already have a book deal. Like, okay. And I would never judge, judge someone based on their appearance, but Lorraine looked like a bad bitch. Like if it came out tomorrow that they were definitely only in this for the money, I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Like she has that energy. Right. Uh, but yeah, like no respect for any of the families involved, just like from the get-go trying to spin this up into like a huge sensational story. Um, so this is where it kind of turns into like a courtroom drama, or at least that's how people try to portray it in media. But like there was this case, it's always super inflated and made to sound very significant because it's like, the first time a demonic possession has ever been used as a defense in a murder case. But the truth is like way less exciting than that because basically the defense team was like, Hey, Mr. Judge, our guy Arnie is innocent because he was possessed by a devil and, or excuse me, a demon. And the judge was like, yeah, sorry. No, you can't use that as a defense. Like there's no way to prove that. And there's also no precedent. So try again. And the, fe- and the defense team was then like, yeah, you're right, just kidding. We actually think it was more of a self-defense kind of situation. Which, given the like actual circumstance, I kind of buy that. Like, self-defense or even like... Uh, yeah! Or even like defense of others. Because like, you don't know what that guy was going to do to that nine-year-old girl who he like was no! harassing. No! That... That's why, like, I'm like, okay, the movie didn't show that. That, like, he was defending his sister from a grown, drunk man. Right. Like, I I feel like there was so many other ways to defend him that did not require something supernatural. I'll bet you it's because the Warrens wanted their book deal. I, honestly, probably because the court of public opinion is probably more significant than what actually happened. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so they never actually argued... Like, they never stood up a defense on the grounds that he was possessed. The only thing they argued in court was self-defense. Um, I will say one note here from the movie. Um, also, I have it in here, so I have to say it. The guy who plays Ed Warren in the movies. So hot. Thank you. So hot. I can't even speak so, about and, it. And... And Lorraine. She's also stunning. Also hot. Yeah. Also stunning. Ugly in real life. Power stunning couple in the movie. <laughs> Same shit happened to Annabelle. What do you mean? The doll is freakier oh, yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, no. Uh, no. Daddy Warren. We're here for yes. it. Yeah. Um, And the only reason I'm bringing up this quote is because after reading it, I was like, Oh, that's actually kind of a good point. But, like, 
especially in a small town, I can imagine these people go to. Oh my God, Daddy Warren, you had it in the notes. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh my God. Um. I thought you did, and that's why you read it. So it makes it extra funny that no. you didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. Um, but yes, Daddy Warren says in the movies, I'll call him father. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm paraphrasing this because I haven't seen the movie, but like basically the quote is, he's talking to the judge and like everyone that's in court that day. He's like, every day you come in and you swear on the Bible to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. And even as you're like a judge, you get sworn into your position by swearing on a Bible. So how can you do all that, but then not believe in demons at the same time? Like you, you, and like the only reason I like to mention this is because I, my kink is when people use the Bible to only justify certain things. Like they cherry pick from it. Oh, it, I love that. It drives me insane. But at the same time, it's so funny to me because it's like, you're swearing by this book, but I guarantee you don't even know anything about it. Me, who is not religious, probably knows more about the Bible than a lot of people. But anyway, I digress. I thought it was kind of a good point, but... I, def- yeah. I definitely ate the fruit fly. Sorry. <laughs> Gross. I, I, lo- I love the, like, my, <laughs> my kick is what people use. Is that your favorite trope? Oh, uh. Honestly, it's like one of my favorite TikTok genres is when some like super far right conservative is like, well, the Bible says this. And then someone else just totally digs into them about it. They're like, you don't even know what you're talking about. No. How about the fact that the Bible says the golden rule is to love your neighbor as yourself, fucker? Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Anyway. Yep, yep. So the jury deliberated on this case for 15 hours across three days, which, compared to our other cases, kind of a long time. Uh, yeah. Um, but they did end up concluding that Arnie was guilty of first-degree manslaughter, and he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years. Uh, he only ended up serving five. And then, like, he's been very private ever since, like... He was in one episode of National Geographic's A Haunting, where they did this story. I think it was a multi-episode, like, miniseries. But that's kind of the thing I wanted to talk about, is, like, nothing, like, I want to get your opinion, obviously, but to me, nothing really happened here other than a guy got into a fight with a drunk person and killed him. But there's, there's been a movie... A TV show episodes. I know there's books about it. And even I think at the time that this happened, there was stuff spun up pretty quickly afterwards. Like I think in the 1980s, there was also like a mini series on TV um, that talked about this case. But it's like, what are you talking about in multiple episodes? Like, what am I missing here? It's because there's the whole devil aspect of it. So they're, like, going into the history of, like, possessions and what possessions look like and what exorcisms look like, whatever. But, like, so we didn't, we're not focusing on the possession itself because, yes, we could probably focus a little bit heavier on the possession, even though we don't know a lot about it. Um, But, like, you know, the history of possessions, like, all that stuff. I want to give that a full episode. Like, I don't think that this is the episode to talk about a possession because, honestly... I don't think that this dude was possessed. No. And, like, I I know we just said this, but, like, it's so crazy they tried to, like, 
that was their first defense choice. When they're like, to me, arguing self defense or defense of other would have made so much more sense. And I almost feel like trying to spin up a possession case as your first line of defense might be the reason that he ended up in jail. That lawyer wanted attention. I think the lawyer was also only 19. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. That's hilarious. Which, like, public defenders, you get what they give you, but, like... I know. Um, No, I think that the Warrens um, took this and ran with it and turned it into something that it didn't need to be. Um, And I think that, honestly, this is sounding more like a case of self-defense. Yep. Than a possession. Yep. Or maybe, like... I know, like, it's probably not, like, insanity plea, but, like, I'd be curious to see, like, actual, like, mental health things that were at play here, because... I know, I want him to be tested. Him, definitely, but even, like, David, like, I kind of want to find out what happened with David, because... I do, too, because that's, like, a really relevant background to this whole thing. Yep. Well, and that's that's also why I kind of regret not being able to find much about his family, because it's, like, what kind of upbringing did he have, like... Like, where his parents, like, you know, because that kind of stuff can kind of foreshadow <laughs> yeah, what right. people end up doing. Um, but, yeah, there is nothing. And he really, I don't think anymore really talks about this at all. Um, he, uh, the funny thing is, no one, like, no one in his family or Debbie's family really talks about this other than to just affirm what the Warrens claim to see and like their take on everything which I kind of I don't know how I feel about that like are they still really trying to hide it after all these years right or like do they genuinely believe that like demons were involved with this I know but I mean somebody who has built their entire empire on demons ghosts all that stuff like if it ever turns out not to be true they're not gonna they're not gonna say one way or the other. Yeah. Also, kind of just... Because this was after the Warrens gained notoriety. Like, I know this was a big step for them, but, like, I think Amityville Haunting or the Enfield Haunting were probably their bigger cases. Annabelle, too, included. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because I'm more familiar with that because of the movies, but... Like, they already had fame at this point, so I wonder if they knew how to, like, sell possession. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that this is a this is a case of self defense, honestly. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know about David. David might have been possessed, but the brother, um, Arnie, like, no. Honestly, I don't think so. And the fact that it's all just hearsay, like, the only reason we kind of have the impression that Arnie had symptoms of demonic possession was just because Debbie told people that. Right. And unlike David, we really don't have any concrete circumstances of possession. So, like, we don't have physical manifestations or at least anything reported. It's kind of just like, oh, he's acting a little bit like David and he does these weird trance things. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of, they don't do anything about it until he ends up killing someone. Then all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, he's been possessed for months now. Right. Like, oh, haha, he's been weird, but didn't want to say anything about it. Like, okay. 
Doesn't make don't make a whole lot of sense. I think it's interesting that the movie's left out that there were other people involved with the with the stabbing because yeah there was like with the death oh there yeah were three other people there right like that's um it's it's not surprising that it's not in there though that doesn't shock me doesn't really seem like a possession when you involve other people no 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 definitely not i gotta watch the movie now. um it's on hbo oh is it really mm-hmm, all of them are sweet I know what I'm That's doing. What tonight. I'm doing later. <laughs> I might watch Chronicle actually. Now that I talked about it, I kind of want. to Oh my watch god! It. Do you want to watch it together? Stop. Maybe. Maybe. I'm alone tonight. I'm gonna go get Chipotle. I am too. I just ordered Chipotle. Becca, are we best friends? Ryan, we're watching a movie together tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I go to DC tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Oh, that'll be so much fun. It's the last trip. Well, I have a wedding, but other than that. <sighs> well, this <sighs> was fun. I liked researching this because I went in like totally expecting to be like, oh, wow, this is like a big dramatic possession case. But I came out of it like extremely underwhelmed. I was like, great. I know. It was nothing. I'm annoyed almost. I'm kind of annoyed, but... Um, I hope that you liked our commentary. No holds barred. I think my cat had some words to say about it too. Um, I'm out of the closet today. Wow. Look at you. You're so brave. Well, I know my cats were, were chomp, chomp, chomping on their food bowl in the background. So hopefully that's not too well, bad. Well, my cat has a, um, he has a megaphone in his vocal cords. So, it's so deep too. Deep and raspy. It's, it is. It is a very, he sounds like he's been smoking like a pack a day for a while and i love that for him honestly um yeah well if if you have any thoughts please let us know please share them with us we love it share with us your favorite horror tropes um keep enjoying spooky season i know i've been having a blast um as always what am I missing? oh yes <laughs> This, this As always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, which is at CreepologyPod, or Instagram, which is at CreepologyPodcast. You can also feel free to send us an email at CreepologyPodcast at gmail.com. And if you liked today's episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a good review, anything like that on your listening platform of choice. We really appreciate yes, the feedback, please. and it helps us out. So. Definitely. Um, I haven't seen any new reviews this week, Ryan. Have you? No. Let me double check. Our, I don't think so. Our last episode did really well. I didn't like market it a ton on Instagram in it. I mean, it, it got a lot of views or listens really quickly. So, yay. So we have, thir- we have 13 ratings now, um, which is amazing, but we don't have as many reviews. So rating us is awesome, but leaving a review is also awesome. Um, Comments drive but we, something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Thank you all so much for all the love. It's been amazing. Um, keep looking out on social media. I've been working on some like art stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan really likes it. We both really like it. So I'm super pumped about it. Um, but as always, from all of us here at Creepology, have the day you deserve. Have the day you deserve. <laughs>